Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hi, Changemaker. Holly Rustic here with Grant Writing and Funding, and I am here to help you grow capacity, increase funding, and to advance mission. All right, guys. So before we get started today on episode eight zero, it's my birthday. Yep. Another year older and wiser. (laughs) So to celebrate today, I have my ebook, Wish Granted Tips, Tools, and Templates to Write a Winning Grant for free until July 19th, 2019. So if you'd love to grab a copy, go ahead. But please do me a favor first and go to iTunes or if you're in your iTunes player right now, please leave a review on iTunes and then go ahead and download your free book. That would be great. That would be a wonderful birthday gift to me. I would absolutely love it if I saw some reviews on iTunes. All right, guys. So yeah, and just to let you know too, Get the Wish Granted book because I am taking it off Amazon soon because I'm coming out with an entirely revised book. So it's going to be some of your last time to get that specific book, which is chock full of great information, has electronic e-templates. It is it's just it's absolutely amazing. And it did get uh, it was an Amazon bestseller in like three categories when it first came out. You know, it's a great book. And it's not just me saying that. <laughs> So anyways, please do grab it. But I am upgrading. I'm kind of doing a rebrand for the face, basically, since my branding has changed. So um, you'll have the old cover, but that's absolutely fine. All right, guys. So here we go. If you'd like to go ahead and grab that, please, once again, please do leave a review on iTunes as that really does help other people find this podcast. And then please go ahead and visit Amazon. Just go ahead and put in Wish Granted, Holly Rustic, R-U-S-T-I-C-K, and it will pop up. Otherwise, you can jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash eight zero this episode, and I'll have a link there. All right, guys. So um, once again, that's only free from July 17th until July 19th. It might be free on July 16th too, just because of time zone things, but it definitely will. It's only there. I can only do it for a few days on Kindle Direct. Yes, I look forward to seeing those reviews on iTunes. All right, guys. So we have a lot to cover today, so I want to get into it. But first off, I do want to have one review I do have, and this is from Rebecca Davis, and this was on my grant writing course. And she said the course was really informational and easy to understand for a newbie. Thank you so much, Rebecca Davis, for leaving that awesome five-star review. All right, guys, so birthday aside, I have some awesomeness for you today. You are also going to get a free downloadable to follow a company this podcast. This podcast is a little nerdy. We go into a little bit uh, techie stuff in here, but I'm making it as easy as possible. So you are gathering data for your needs or problem statement for your grant, right? And we're going to have your free downloadable is actually an Excel sheet that is going to be able to be a place where you can put your research for when you're doing research for grant writing, you can put it all in there and it will easily be able to be transferable to a bibliography or to put into your grant. And I'll explain all of that later. But it's a great, great, great resource. But you know, when you're gathering, re- and the reason I created this is because of this, okay? 
when I'm doing a lot of research or I've done research before and all of a sudden I've done all of this, you know, I'm, I got 10 million windows open on my browser and a jillion tabs and I get it. You know, I can completely resonate with this social media post that one of my friends sent me. It says, my mind is like my internet browser, 19 tabs open, three of them are frozen, and I have no idea where the music is coming from. Anyways, I, that's great. That's from Linda. Thanks, Linda, for sending that. But anyways, um, ha having systems is key when writing grants. What happens if your computer restarts and mysteriously clears all your cookies before you're able to cite your sources? Ah! The world is coming to an end, like Endgame style with no upscale DeLorean. Like, it's happening. It's on, right? <laughs> and all of your internet IT friends are, like, sleeping. So, yeah, it really does suck, and things like that really do happen, right? And plus, it's kind of hard to sort through all of that. So how do you keep track of your sources and have a file that can easily be translated into a bibliography? Well, you're going to have that after you listen to this podcast episode today. First off, let's take a look at citations for grants in general. Always go by what the request for proposal or the funding opportunity announcement requires. This is my disclaimer, okay? So please, if you're reading what I have here or you're listening to what I have here, always go back to what the RFP, right, request for a proposal, or the funding opportunity announcement, the FOA says. Follow that. Sometimes, once in a blue moon, they are very specific on how they want your sources cited. But more often than not, and that's the reason I'm doing this podcast, they don't say that. So people get a little confused and they're like, should I sort of, should I cite it like this, cite my sources like this or like this, or how do I do this? Or they just leave them out because they don't know. So this is why we're doing this today. Now, my recommendation is to utilize the American Psychology Association or what's known as the APA style. The other one you may have heard of in your English comp class is MLA style. However, APA is more common as it is used across many sectors, such as science, business, education, and so forth. MLA is most commonly used in the humanities, so you can see APA has a much broader reach. In any case, most grant reviews won't mark you off if you have the last name in the wrong place or any other technical errors. But just check the RFP or FOA, that's my disclaimer again first. However, if you fail to cite your information, statistics, and reports, you could definitely be marked off and it just will not look professional. So you need to use something. So if you are a firm MLA lover and the grant allows for it, then use MLA. We are just utilizing APA in this episode because I needed to have some kind of framework for you guys to follow. And that's what I usually use. But just make sure whatever you do that you stay consistent. So if you are utilizing MLA for one source, use MLA throughout. Or if you're using APA for one, use APA throughout. So let's get into this. Why use citations in a bibliography for your grants? You cannot pull statistics out of the sky, right? When I teach at the university, I let my students know this right away. If you haven't included citations, how do I know that you aren't just making it up, right? And a lot of times people just want to say, well, yeah, there is a need in our community because we have a, you know, there's a lot of poverty. And I'm like, compared to what? What percentage? You know, you need to have these kind of things stated. Otherwise, it falls flat, whatever you say. It's just more of an opinion that it is. It's an opinion. You're, you're stating it like a fact, but it's not. You need sources. All right, the other thing is, on the other side, if you aren't using citations, 
but clearly rewrite something from a source, you are then doing what? Plagiarizing. Eek. Yes, that counts as, as an automatic failure for a university course, but it's also important not to plagiarize when writing grants as well. You can definitely utilize it of information from places, from sources, and you directly quote it, but the, the key word there is quote it, right? Actually use quotation marks. <laughs> so it's safe to say that if you're copying and pasting from somebody else, you should use quotation marks and give credit to where you got the information. This would ensure that you are not plagiarizing while giving credibility to outside sources. However, you can also paraphrase, which is you can summarize the source's information in your own words. But when you do this, you also need to give credit to that source. So let's get into it. How to use citations. As you do your research, you are going to run into awesome information and you need a place to track this information. You may not need all of it for that particular grant you are writing, but it could come in handy. So it's great to have this document that you can get at www.grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash eight zero. Um, for that downloadable. But basically, this is what it would look like. You would say this in your grant application, right? Mayor Sally Cat stated that, quote, getting, this is a quotation mark, right? getting to supportive services is impossible without having transportation. I nearly got hit by a car as there are no sidewalks on the mile-long walk to the meeting, end quote, and then in parentheses, 2017, and then period. Right, that would be you're quoting someone. So you're not plagiarizing because you're using the quotation marks. And this is nice too, if you're using a lot of paraphrasing, it's nice to mix it up sometimes with a direct quotation. And it just sometimes it sounds better, right? It's like, oh, that's like a little testimonial. All right, now if you wanna paraphrase, you might put something like this. The mayor has reported that the roads are dangerous in Cat City and that the sidewalks cannot be navigated. And then in parentheses, you could put cat, right? Because that's Remember his, the mayor, Sally Cat, her last name is Cat, Cat, and then comma 2017, and then end parenthesis, period. There you go. So that would be a way of paraphrasing. So you're, you would say, I'm not going to directly quote what she, the mayor said, but I'm going to put in my own words as that makes more sense to how I'm writing this grant. And you can do that, but just remember you need to use an in-text citation, which is that parenthesis with their last name and the year. Now, imagine not using the citations when this. If you just say, the mayor has even reported that the roads are dangerous in Cat City and that the sidewalks cannot be navigated. And then he went on to something else. Well, when did the mayor say that? When did you, did you talk to the mayor? Where did you get the information? It get, becomes a little less clear and you might have just made some of that up, right? So it would cause these statements to fall flat. How do I know that what you were saying is accurate? Utilizing simple reference points by using citations elevates your grants tremendously and also increases the professionalism of you as a grant writer because people know you are doing your research. Now, something fun that you can do in grants is to add footnotes. We'll talk about that more in a minute, but first, let's talk about the entire enchilada. All right, so where am I getting that quote from Mary, Mayor Sally Cat or the year 2017? Did I just pull that out of the sky? Where is that from, Holly? Well, I may have gotten this in a personal interview from an online article in a newspaper or from a blog. In any case, the information you need to have changes based on where you got the information, right? So for a full list of APA formatting and styling, visit www.grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 80 and I'll have links there. So it doesn't matter where you're getting the information from. You can say, how do I cite a newspaper? How do I cite a YouTube episode? How do I cite whatever? And it'll tell you 
how to do that, like what the format looks like. But for our purposes in this episode, we are going to concentrate on information you find online in a very general sense. And this is what the downloadable looks like too. So you're going to have your contributor's name, last name first, the last edited date, the title of the resource, the main source, the website, and any blurb that connects it to your grant. So this is kind of information for you. So um, once again, if you want the downloadable, just go to um, our website. Now, here we go, the contributor's name. That's basically who wrote the article, the blog, etc. In this case, you want to put the last name first, then a comma, and then the first name. Easy peasy. When referring to the source throughout, you can state the full name once and then utilize the last name from then on. So you would say Mayor Sally Cat, and then after that, if you were going to say anything else that they said or paraphrase what they said, you could just say cat, right? I don't know why I'm on this cat kick lately. My daughter's sitting across from me right now looking at me. <laughs> Maybe it's because she's here. Every time she hears the word cat, she looks up at me like, who? What? <laughs> All right. The next thing, of course, you're going to put, oh, she has a cat she just made. Super cute. Anyways, the last edited date. This is because the website, publication, or other sources, um, they actually get updated periodically. So use the date that was last updated. Sometimes there are no updates, so just use that date. Then next, you would go to the title of the resource. This is the title of the blog, the article, etc. Right? So this might be Sidewalk Trouble in Cat Town. Right? That's the name of this totally fictionalized source that we're using, the title of the resource. And then I have another one that isn't so common, but I put it in here. It's the main source. This is if there's a main source. So if you got the article from a newspaper, it would be the name of the newspaper. If you got the article from um, one of the blog, it, you know, first you'd have the title of the resource, which would be the blog title, but then they have the main blog name, right? That kind of thing. So in this case, we would say Sidewalk Trouble in Cat Town is the title of the article, but it's from the Cat Gazette is the main source. And then you would have the retrieve from the website. This is super easy. Just copy and paste the URL directly. And then next, you want to have a blurb that connects it to the grant or to why you're doing the information. Once again, this is for you as a grant writer. Maybe you could just copy and paste what the mayor said into that area so you know you want to use that direct quotation. You're like, that's great. I'm going to put it somewhere in my grant. Ah, I'm just going to copy and paste that. Or I'm going to paraphrase that later, but I'm just going to put that there. So you could put that in your Excel spreadsheet. If you are doing a research on a few different objectives for the grant, so for example, poverty needs in the community, high suicide rates among teenagers, and high pregnancy rates among teenagers, you might put a different Excel sheet for each one of those categories to easily organize your information. So when you start writing your grant, it's easy. You don't have to sift through all these different things to figure it out. It's very categorized very well. And I'll have an example of that in the downloadable for you. Okay, so now that you know how to kind of systematize your information, how do you implement it into a grant? Right? You're doing your research, you're doing your, your, your data, you're gathering your data, you're organizing it now. How do you implement it into your grant? Well, as you are writing your grant, you can easily then copy and paste your blurbs, all those awesome things that you just put, and put them into the grant. And then use a direct quotation with a citation or a paraphrase and you use your in-text citation, right? So you have all of your information in your Excel sheets. You're going to copy, you know, might copy and paste your blurb, put it in your grant, and then you can easily grab the year because it's all there in your Excel sheet, all in one place, which is great. The other thing that this can help with is if you have some information, but if the blurb isn't quite right, 
you can go ahead and click on the URL then that you've already have in your Excel sheet. And you can see if you can find anything else in, from, that, from that space, right? This is way better than Googling it over again and trying to find the right link that you clicked on because like five of them you've clicked on on the first page and you can't remember which one. And then you have to, you know, that wastes a lot of time. So this will definitely help you streamline your information. Of course, it is also good to create a, a bookmark on, you know, on your actual internet browser for each grant you work on and save relevant pages under that bookmark. But do not rely on this as you may clear your cookies and have everything accidentally deleted and you will eventually get a new computer, right? So having the, uh, <laughs> oh, I said cookies and now she looked up cookies. <laughs> having the electronic files is a more sure way to keep your data. All right, so let's move on to footnotes versus bibliography. So footnotes, I absolutely love footnotes, right? I use these a lot, especially when let writing letters of support and when I cannot attach a bibliography. Many grants, especially foundation grants, may not allow added attachments, such as a bibliography, to your grant narrative. If you only have two or four pages, then you don't wanna use one of those pages for a bibliography. However, you can insert footnotes to still show your sources. So in the example above, you would utilize the same quotation from the mayor, and you could include at least the last name and year. But directly after that, in your Word document, you would click on References in your menu, and then click Insert Footnotes under Footnotes. This will automatically include and apply a tiny little number in your document and then include the same number in the footnote portion of your Word doc. I recommend that you change the side to eight or 10 point if you are pressed for space. I can't remember what it automatically does for you, but I think it's a little bit bigger than that. But you can definitely make these a different, um, in your footnotes a different size than what your grant application is. So you can make them smaller if you are pressed for space. This is awesome as it basically creates the bibliography for you within the Word document. So what would you put in this footnote? So now that you've got your little tiny little number in your footnote, what do you put there? Well, you would put the same reference as you have in your Excel sheet. Contributor's name, year, title of resource, main source, and URL. If you are including a bibliography, you don't necessarily need a footnote. But if you are not um, including a bibliography, then utilize footnotes. All right, so well, now let's talk about a bibliography or sometimes it's referred to as a works cited page. Okay, there is a difference um, and sometimes you also have a literature review, which is a lot different. They're used, sometimes they're used interchangeably for grants. Basically what you will do is have an attachment with all the information from your Excel sheet, but you will not include the blurb, right? That the blurb is for you. Now, if your grant asks for a literature review, then you would include your blurb and any additional information on why you chose that source. But let's keep it basic is because basically you'll be looking for bibliographies. So a bibliography is exactly the information you can translate it from your Excel sheet. So it would look like this. Cat, comma, Sally, period. December 2017, period. Uh, Sidewalk Trouble in Cat Town, right? That's the name of your article. And then Cat Gazette which is the main source. And then the URL is www.catgazette.com forward slash sidewalktrouble.com or sidewalk trouble. Sorry, I didn't want to do another .com. This is totally fictional anyway, so don't worry about clicking on it and looking it up because it'll go to a dead page. But um, here's one extra piece to do 
If you are using the Excel sheet downloadable that I, that I have it on uh, episode 80, before you transfer your information into a Word doc, click on the column for contributor's name and go to the AZ sort filter and click it. And this way it will alphabetize all of your sources automatically because you do want your sources in alphabetical order. This will not put the order in which you use them in the document, but it will put them in alphabetical order. And this is important so they're easily referenced, right? If you're looking for something that you saw, you can, it's just in alphabetical order. It's just very common that this is how you do it. Anyways, there it is. That is how to systematize your research, give credibility to your information, and deliver, to deliver a professional looking grant. This will definitely give you a major edge to other grant applications that do not include sources or a bibliography. So let's go ahead and summarize real quick. First, you must use citations to provide credibility for your words and to ensure that you are not plagiarizing or making things up, right? You can utilize MLA, APA, or any other style, but be consistent. Make sure to include the last name, year, title, source, and URL for APA. Get resources on how to cite anything in APA by visiting grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 80. Use footnotes for when you cannot add a bibliography. Use bookmarks in your internet browser when doing research. Utilize a free downloadable grant research source tracker on grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 80. Use a bibliography and make sure it is in alphabetical order. There you are. So let me know if you have any questions, but in the meantime, don't forget to leave a review on iTunes and then go download your free ebook of Wish Granted Tips, Tools, and Templates to write a winning grant from Amazon. Once you are done with that, yeah, go ahead and make sure you jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash eight zero to grab your free grant research source downloadable. Wow, that is a full tongue-tie mouthful right there. All right, guys, so thank you so much for celebrating my birthday with me, and I'll see you all next week. All right, bye-bye. Do you want to join the Changemaker Tribe and get courses, downloadable checklists, samples of awarded grants, behind-the-scenes live Q&A with myself and the Tribe, and discounts on grant services? Be sure to join the Changemaker membership at www.grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash membership. Thank you for listening to this grant writing and funding podcast. I hope you've enjoyed your time. For more questions, email Holly at holly at grantwritingandfunding.com or visit www.grantwritingandfunding.com. 